Today's daf is Chagiga daf Chav Gimel. We are holding on daf Chav Beis and Beis at the two dots, about eight lines before the lines get wide. The Mishnah at the beginning of the parak went through the different uh, chumras that we have of Kodesh over, over Truma, Chumr B'Kodesh Truma. So we're going to continue analyzing uh, more of those cases. We had 11 different halachos where we're more machmir by Kodesh than we are by Truma. So today we're going to discuss the concept of Achorayim Vitoch, the difference between the back of a kli becoming Tameh and the inside of a kli becoming Tameh, whereas by Truma, if the back of a kli becomes Tameh, the inside does not necessarily become Tameh, whereas by Kodesh it does. That's going to lead us into a discussion about whether when we make Gezeros, we typically only make the Gezeros, when we make Gezeros as a result of a certain event that occurred, do we only make the Gezeros when, uh, when, when the circumstances are identical to the event that caused the Gezeros, or even if the circumstances are slightly different from the event that caused the Gezeros. Then we're going to get into the Halach of Kelim and the Gemarim Betahara that was mentioned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah had said that Kalim that are completed Bitahara still require Tevila if you want to use them for Kodesh, but not for Truma. That's going to lead us into a discussion of uh, the, the Para Aduma and how there were certain Chumras that they used to take in order to, um, in, in the certain extra precautions and Chumras that they would take by Para Aduma, but there were other things that they would do, Lahotzi Miliban Shal Tzedukim, to show that the Tzedukim were incorrect in their understanding of. of the Torah, and then uh, at the end of the daf, if we, maybe we'll get to it today, maybe we won't, we'll move on to the halach of the Mishnah, that a kli is mitzarif masha betocha, that if you have multiple items in a kli, it's all considered to be connected to each other because they're in the same kli, even if they're not actually connected to each other, with regard to Kodesh. So if you're metame, one of those items, all of them are tame with regard to Kodesh, but not with regard to Truma. So let us begin about eight lines before the lines get wide. Achorayim vitoch. The Mishnah had mentioned of the eleven halachos that are that are brought up in the uh, in the Mishnah. One of them was the halacha of achorayim v'toch, which is that uh, if the if the uh, the outside of a kli becomes tummy from from a mashka, so the uh, the inside of the kli. This was the the second halacha in the Mishnah that uh, that the inside of the kli will remain tahar with regard to truma, but not with regard to kodesh. With regard to kodesh, the entire kli will become that even if the back of the kli just became tame from a mashka, the entire kli is going to become tame. Again, on a daraisa level, it would, this would never make a difference. On a daraisa level, the kli becomes tame, the kli becomes tame, inside, outside, all around. It's just that a mashka is, does not have the ability to be metame midaraisa, to be metame a kli midaraisa. The fact that it is metame a kli is only chumr drabanan in the first place. So when it comes to truma, the rabbanan are only machmir on that part of the kli that it touched. When it comes to kodesh, the rabbanan were more machmir to make it be metame the entire kli. Maya chorayim v'toch. What's, the, what's this din of chorayim v'toch that the Mishnah refers to? Kidditznam, like the Mishnah says, kli she nitma achorav b'mashkin, achorav tameyin, tocho ugno ozno v'yadav tahorin. That a kli whose uh, uh, back of it became tame with mashkin, the back of it is tame, but the inside of it, the rim of it, the, the handles of the kli are all tahor. Nitma tocho kulo tame. But if the inside of the kli became tame, then the entire kli is tame anyway. Ubeisat svita. The Mishnah had mentioned within this same halacha. It didn't just say achorayim v'toch. It said achorayim v'toch ubeisat svita apply to truma, but does not apply to kodesh. What is the beisat svita? The my beisat svita. 
It's a place that you would uh, hold on to, to hand, when you're handing it to other people. That means that he, would, he handed it to her. That's the, the Targum of Va'oshitla. So uh, to, to do Hoshata. Hoshata means to pass something from one person to another. So Va'yitzbat is the Targum of that. So we see that Besatzvita is the place where you would hold on to it when you're passing it from one person to another. Rabbi he says, no, the base of Tzvita is not where you would hold it to hand it to somebody else. Rather, it's the place where Nikiyeh Hadas would dip uh, their food into into a dip that's in that kli. Nikiyeh Hadas are people who are very touchy, very sensitive, and uh, would, would find it disgusting to, to, to use a dip that everybody else is sticking their food into, that everybody else is dipping into. So there was a certain section of the kli that was sort of off to the side of the kli and that had its own walls around that section of the kli that could have a smaller amount of dip that the Nikiyah Das would use that the dip in that area because no one else was dipping into that area of the kli. And that, that would, uh, that, that's the Beis HaTzvita that we're referring to. Tamir of Bibi Kameidur of Nachman, Kala Kelim Ein Lehem Achorayim V'toch, so Rabbi taught in front of Nachman that all Kalim don't have the din of Achorayim Vitoch, which means that there's no difference between the back of the Kli and the inside of the Kli. When part of the Kli becomes Tameh, the entire Kli becomes Tameh, and this is for all types of uh, Kodesh, whether it's Kadshem Mikdash or Kadshem Gavul. Now the problem with that sentence is that there's no such thing as Kadshem Gavul, meaning Kadshem are in the Mikdash. What, what kind of comment? What is Kadshem Gavul? So our Mishnah said that Kadshim do not have a din of Achrayim v'toch. Truma does have a din of Achrayim v'toch. Now we have some sort of statement that Kadshim ha'gavul, like regular Kadshim, also has a din of Achrayim v'toch. So we have to figure out what Kadshim ha'gavul is. Now obviously if we're going to say it's Truma, we're going to have a problem with our Mishnah, because our Mishnah said that Truma does have a din of Achrayim v'toch. Now we're saying Kadshim ha'gavul does not have a din of Achrayim v'toch. What is Kach What are we referring to as Kach Truma. You want to tell me that Kach is Truma? But our Mishnah said that there is a din of Achrayim for Truma. So how can you say that it's a reference to Truma? Answers Gemara, you're right. It's not a reference to Truma. Kach means something else. Dilma, Lechulun Shenasu al Taras HaKodesh Ka'amrit. Maybe it's talking about regular Chulun items that are Nasu al Haras Hakodesh that are made that are treated with the uh, severity of the of, of Kodesh in terms of the way it's treated with Tumantara. At Kartan and that's what we're saying that even Chulin, but if it's treated like Kodesh, is not going to have a din of Achrayim v'toch. If you have Kalim that you use for Chulin Shnasvaltaras Hakodesh, such Kalim, if they become tummy from a Mashka on the back of the Kli, the entire Kli becomes tummy. There's no Chilik between Achrayim v'toch. In that sense, it's more Chamur, even though it's Chulin, it's more Chamur than Truma is. At Kartan and this brings to mind what Rabbi Baravua taught, uh, which we already learned that Achrayim there are 11 uh, halachos in the Mishnah where we are more machmir by Kodesh than we are by Truma. The first six of them apply both to Kodesh and to Chulun that's Nasal Taras HaKodesh. Achronos, Lekodesh of Lolchun Shnasal Taras HaKodesh. And the last five only apply to Kodesh, but do not apply to Chulun Shnasal Taras HaKodesh. We are up to halacha number two of the Mishnah. So this is well within 
in the first six, and therefore it makes it makes a lot of sense to say that the din of acharayim v'toch applying to truma, but not to kodesh, means it doesn't apply to kodesh and it doesn't apply to chulin shenasu al taras kodesh. Chulin shenasu al taras kodesh has the same exact status as Kodesh itself, vis-a-vis the first six halachas in the Mishnah. So that works out perfectly, because when we said that uh, that the din of Akhraim Vitoch does not apply to, to Kodesh HaMikdash or Kodesh HaGavul, it could very well be that Kodesh HaGavul means Chul, Shnas Altaras HaKodesh, and that's in complete concert with our Mishnah, works perfectly with our Mishnah. One of the halachas that the Mishnah mentioned, halacha number three in the Mishnah, is that someone who carries a medris can carry uh, truma, but cannot carry kodesh at the same time that he's carrying something that's tameh tumas uh, medris. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the year in the topics that this is one of the topics we're going to discuss. The, the, the topic of the third halacha mentioned in the Mishnah of what you're limited from carrying while you are carrying something that's Tamei Tomas Madras. The Mishnah says one is not allowed to carry Kodesh at the same time that he's carrying something that's Tamei Tomas Madras, but he is allowed to carry Truma at the same time that he's carrying something that's Tamei Tomas Madras. Kodesh my time below. What's the reason one is not allowed to carry Kodesh at the same time that he's carrying something that's Tamei Tomas Madras? It's because of the because of the story, the event that occurred, that we no longer allow carrying Kodesh at the same time as a Medrus. What's this event that occurred? There was someone that was transporting a barrel of Kodesh wine from one place to another. And a strap from his shoe uh, snapped. And he took the strap from his shoe, and he put it by the opening of the barrel, and it fell into the airspace of the barrel, and it was everything in the barrel. Rashi points out, so what, where was, where's the tumma over here? So every shoe is tame. Rashi points out, and that the shoe, the shoe strap was a medris hazav. It was something that Azav had walked on, and uh, this person was carrying it by hand once it snapped, and because he was carrying it by hand, that's why it ended up in the avir of the barrel that had the Kodesh in it. So it was Metame, all the Kodesh. At that moment they said, They decided that anyone who carries a medrus is not allowed to carry Kodesh. They are allowed to carry Truma, but they're not allowed to carry Kodesh. Frankly, Gemara, well, wait a second. A medrus hazav could be metame truma the same way it could be metame kodesh. We're not dealing with a shlishi over here. A medrus hazav is a re- is, 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 has the ability to be metame something to make it into a rish. A medrus hazav is an av. So it has the ability to, to, to uh, be metame truma every bit as much as it has the ability to be metame kodesh. Why would we make this kazera? only not to carry Kodesh at the same time that you're carrying a Medrash Hazav, we should make a Gzera that you're not allowed to carry Truma either. Iachi, Truma Nami, we should make the Gzera for Truma as well. Answers the Gemara, this is the Yisod that the Gemara is going to work on for the next ten lines. Hamani Rebbe Hanani ben Akavihi da'amar lo asrael b'yardin u'besinu k'maysa If an event occurs in the Yardin with a boat, then the Gzera that we make because of that event is only in the Yardin with a boat. It has to be exactly the same as the event occurred. That it has to, the, the circumstances of the Gzera have to be identical to the motivation for the Gzera, to the event that caused the Gzera. Since in this case, the event that caused the Gzera was a person transporting wine of 
Kodesh from one place to another. The Gezeira was only not to carry other, not to carry Kodesh while you're carrying a Medrash Hazav. It was not about not carrying Truma because that was not similar to the event. But what's this comment about the Yardin and the Svina? That has nothing to do with the uh, event that we're talking about. Maihi, what's this, uh, what's this uh, example of Rabbi Hanani ben Akavya, where Rabbi Hanani ben Akavya says that a Gezeira always has to exactly replicate the case of the concern that caused the Gezeira in the first place. Mayhi, where do we find this? Titania, we have a brysa. Lo yisa adam mechatas a person who's carrying the mechatas and the eferchatas, the waters and the ashes that they're going to use for uh, for the process, for the procedure of being metar someone from Thomas Meis of Paraduma, the aviram biyardain, and a guy, uh, a person cannot carry them and pass them over the yardain, ubisfina, and on a boat, v'lo yamul b'tzadzev v'yizar kem and he should not stand on one side and throw them over to the other side. You shouldn't float them over the water. And he also shouldn't ride them on uh, his friend or on, or, on, or on an animal unless his uh, feet are touching, are touching the ground because of the, the Maisa Shaya was on a boat and every boat floats a little bit. I mean, every boat is above ground, obviously. It's, it has to float on the top of the water. So it's above ground level. So anything that's going to be similar to a boat, even riding on a behemoth, we compare and we say is similar enough to a boat, is going to be included in this gezeira of how not to transport Efer, uh, Para Aduma, and Mechatas, but a bridge, that's okay, because a bridge is not considered to be ba'avir, it's not considered to be floating. This, uh, this, this is a remarkable raya to the sheet of Rav Meisha. Rav Meisha writes in, uh, in, in, in a tshuva that uh, when he talks about benching gomel with air travel, so when a person takes a flight, do you have to bench gomel? So many can say, well, if you fly overseas, one of the four things you bench gomel for is going overseas. So if you fly over a sea, that's the same as going overseas. But if you fly uh, in the continental United States, let's say, where you're not going overseas at all, although a lot of times if you go from New York to Florida, you are going overseas because they'll go over the ocean. But let's say you take a flight, New York to Chicago or whatever, where you're not going to be going overseas, then you don't bench gomel. Ramosh says, no, that's not the halacha. The halacha is that you bench gomel whenever you get up in an airplane. Why whenever you get up in an airplane would you bench gomel? He says, because what's the vart? Why is it when you go overseas you bench gomel? It's because you're floating. You're floating on top of water. That's an inherently dangerous situation where you're not on stable ground. Things say the boat can capsize. It's inherently, even if it's not statistically dangerous, it's inherently dangerous. Says Ramosha, floating 35,000 feet in the air, whether it's statistically dangerous or not, is an inherently dangerous thing. Just like on a boat, if you didn't have that clee that was holding you, called a boat, you'd drown and then a person would die. If a person didn't have a clee that was holding him in the midair, called an airplane, th- at 35,000 feet, he would die. A person can't possibly survive and when, when, when a person is floating. So Rabbi Bleich in Contemporary Allah Problem says, according to that, every time you take a Ferris wheel, you should have to bench Gomel. Because if you didn't have that clee that's holding you. But no, this Gemara is the answer to that, because the Gemara says that, yeah, being on top of the water, that's floating. Even Al-Gabi Behema maybe is considered uh, floating if your feet are off ground. But if you're on a bridge, that's not called floating. Why? Because that's a structure that's built over the ground and it's connected to the ground. Anytime you're in the high, high floor of a building, it's a, it's, it's a structure that's connected to the ground. That's not called floating. That's not called that you're in the middle of nowhere. So that, that maybe is uh, 
is 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 this Gemara reminded me of that uh, of that discussion in Poskim. So the Gemara says that th- that's the opinion of the of the Tanakam of the Brisa that anything that's even vaguely somewhat similar to the case where they made the Gzera because of any time you're floating at all you're not allowed to to transport the Afer part in that case. But Echad Yarden Vechacharanaros it's not about the Yarden per se it's not about a boat per se it could be any any waterway it could be any type of of, uh, any type of floating. Rabbi Chanani ben Akavya Omer, but Rabbi Chanani ben Akavya says, no, lo asru ela biyardin ubesvino kamaisa shaya. The only thing that's asru to trans, the only way that it's asru to transport the Efer Chatos and the Mechatos is over the Yardin in a boat, exactly like the story happened that caused the concern in the first place. My Maisa Shaya, what was this story that caused the concern? Domravi Domrav. Maisa ba demechotrei mavir mechatos veifer chatos biyardin ubesvina. There was a fellow who was transporting the Mechatas and the Efer Chatas over the Yardin in a boat, and they found the Kazayas of a dead body that was stuck in the, in the, in the bottom of the boat. But also, so I had obviously was Matami everything. So that, at that moment, they made a Gezeira, but says Rabbi Han Ben the Gezeira only includes not to carry Mechatas and Efer Chatas over the Yardin in a boat. That's the entire extent of the uh, of the Gezerah. The Gezerah didn't go anything beyond uh, be, beyond that. That's the that's the entire Gezerah. Um, like, like Rabbi, uh, the, the, so so we're saying just like Rabbi Hanan ben Akavia said that when it comes to transporting the Mechatas and the Efer Chatas, we only make the Gezerah in the exact case, the exact circumstances of the Meisah Shaya, which was with the Yardin and Svina. So too, when there's a concern of carrying a Tumas Medris together with, uh, with with Kodesh, we only make the Gzera with Kodesh because that's the exact case of the Meisah Shaya. We're only going to make the Gzera when it's an exact case like the Meisah Shaya. This idea that we only uh, that we only make Gzera when it's exactly when it's exactly the same comes up in two interesting areas of of halacha. First of all, the Ramah writes in Orchayim Simen Tafnun Gimel in Hilchas Pesach that there's a minig in Ashkenaz not to eat mine kitnius Pesach, not to eat beans on Pesach, and the reason is he says uh, it's based on the Mordechai. He writes in the name of the Smak that we should be mekayim this minig to aser all kitnius on Pesach, not because of chimutz. It doesn't cause chimutz. Only the five grains cause chimutz, but it's a gezera that kitnius is a ma'isa kedera and very often is used the same way grains are used and. And uh, therefore, it's included uh, in the. They made a gezera not to use even things that are not mechamesh saminim, but are used in similar ways to the way grain is used. In the Chacham Tzvi and the Kutei Chuvas and Kuf Chavzayin Ozbeis, someone asks, "Okay, you know what? You know what's a bean? Coffee is a bean. So one should not be allowed to drink." Coffee on Pesach. That would be the end of it for most people. That would, uh, they, they, they would need to develop a coffee on Pesach app or something to, to, to get around it. But they, they would, uh, he said, coffee is a bean. That they would, uh, they, they need to, that, that, why are you allowed to drink coffee on Pesach? So the Chacham Tzvi, amongst his many arguments, says, well, in the places and the time when they made kidneys, they were totally unfamiliar with, uh, with coffee and with the power of coffee. And with any gzera that we make is only Kemaisa Shaya. So if the gzera didn't include a gzera against 
against coffee. And then he says also coffee is not used the same way that uh, that the the beans that they that they made the gzeira on are used. The whole concern is that it's a ma'isa kadeira and that you use it in a cholent or whatever. They're not they're not using coffee and that they make bread out of it, rice bread. They're not making coffee bread. So uh, so you don't have that concern at all. But aside from that, he says they only make the gzeira in exactly the case of a ma'isa shaya. Another remarkable case where it comes up in halacha in the chuvas agudas ezov. Um, in in, in Simon he has a shaila about a a metal boat, a boat that was made out of barzel that uh, that, that that sunk at sea, that, and 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 everyone on board is was presumed dead. Problem is, they didn't recover all the bodies, and there was naguna shaila, a woman whose husband was on the boat, but this was mayim she'in themself, and the Gemara says that if a man disappears uh, into water, and you can see the other side of the water from where you're standing, and you see he doesn't get out at the other side, so then you could assume he's dead even without a body. But if you don't see the other end of the water, it's a mayim she'in themself, you have to assume that maybe he got out at the other end somewhere, and, and you just didn't see him. So it's a very serious problem that when someone drowned, when, when uh, a boat sunk in the ocean, and uh, and it's Mayim Shainla himself. How are you going to be Matya such Naguna without without a body? So he says maybe uh, the Chacham were worried specifically by a wood boat which sinks in a certain way where you can grab onto a plank and you can still protect yourself and save yourself and uh, and float for many many miles holding onto to a plank of the boat. He says, but maybe uh, that they only made that Gezerah because he says it, uh, step back. He says why did they make this? Why did they make such a by Agunos, generally by Agunos, we try to be makel as much as possible. Such a chumra, the Mayim Shein themselves were always going to be machmir. Why would they be so machmir about that? He says it's because the Gemara tells us there was story after story, two or three different stories in the Gemara where they, where they presumed uh, the husband to be dead and the Mayim Shein themselves, and it turned out that he was alive, that he got out of the other end. So he says, so they had to make a gzera. The Mayim Shein themselves is going to be asir, but they only make the gzera kemaisa shahaya when it's similar. It's a wooden boat, but if it's a metal boat, it's different than Maisa Shahaya, and Mele, you could, uh, you could be Mekel. Now, that's not his only sniff Lahakel. If that was his only sniff Lahakel, then you can't, you can't be Mekel. But uh, he, said that he said, at least as a sniff Lahakel, we can say that there's a difference between a metal boat and a wooden boat. Sandal Tame Sandal Tahar Mahu. Would we make a Gzeru that you're not even allowed to carry a Tahar shoe, lest you carry a, tame, a, a shoe that's Tame Medrus at the time that you're carrying Kodesh? Chavis Psucha Chavistuma Mahu. Would we ask her even if the barrel that you're carrying the Kodesh wine is a closed barrel uh, to a case where it was an open barrel, and that's when the Maestro Shai was where it was an open barrel. And what's the din if you did carry it? Let's say you carried a, a medrus at the same time you carried Kodesh, and you didn't touch the medrus to the Kodesh. Would, uh, would we still say the Kodesh is Tameh because you violated the Gezerah? Rabbi Ila Amar Rabbi whether we were Goza, that it's actually going to be considered Tameh, if one did go ahead and carry it. Kalim and Igmar and Bitara. The Mishnah then went on to give another case. The Mishnah, case number, we skip uh, case numbers four and five. For some reason, we don't discuss those. Igmar doesn't have what to say about them. Case number six in the Mishnah was Kalim that are completed Bitahara still need a Tavila, even though by the time they became a Kli, which is the first time they can ever become Tameh, it was Bitahara. It was being done by a Chaver and it was, uh, it was with complete Tara. Still, they need Tavila before you use them for Kodesh, but you don't need Tavila before you use them for truma the government who completed them as a kli? If it's a chaver who's careful about the laws of Tumantara, Lamalu Tvila. 
Why would they require tevila? It was it's perfectly tahar. Elad the gamrinu amaaretz. What you want to say that it was completed by an amaaretz, and that's the that's the reason that it requires tevila. Well then, nigmar and betara kariluhu. How could you call that nigmar betahara if it was an amaaretz that was gomer the kli? Then it's betuma. It's not betahara. But the Mishnah specifically says we're talking about kelim that were nigmar betahara. So who is the one that was gomer the kli? Amar Rabbi Varshila, Amar Rav Masa, Amar Shmuel, Leolim de Gamrinu Chaver. It's a chaver that was gomer the kli. Umishum tsinora da amaaretz de nafal. And the concern is of a liquid or saliva that came out of the mouth of an amaaretz that hit that kli before it was completely that hit that kli. That's why it's considered to be tame with regard to kodesh. It's going to need to go to the mikvah before we use it for kodesh. Well, Amos, when exactly did the amaaretz's saliva hit this kli? If it's before you ever completed it as a Kli, well then it's not a Kli and it can't become Tameh from the saliva of an Amaretz. It's not yet eligible to receive Tumah. Well, you want to say that it happened after the Chavah already completed it and made it into a Kli that he plans to use for Kodesh? That's when there's a concern that an Amaretz of saliva may have hit it? No, if they, if they already completed the Kli and the Chavah has plans to use it for Kodesh, certainly they're going to be very careful about the Tumah of this Kli. There's no way he would ever let an Amaretz get anywhere near it. So the says, you're right. We have to say that it happened, that the concern is that it happened before the Kli was complete. And you're right, it cannot become Tameh at that point. But maybe the moisture of that saliva was still moist at the time that the Kli was completed. And therefore, the moment the Kli is completed where it's eligible to become Tameh, the remaining moisture of the saliva of the Amaaretz will immediately make it Tameh at that point in time. That's why it requires Tevila. But the Gemara makes a diuk. Tevila in Harav Shemesh Lov. That yes, it requires Tevila, but apparently it doesn't require Harav Shemesh. Meaning, if you want to use this cleave for Kodesh, you have to tovel it, but you don't have to wait till nightfall after toveling it. So for, for the coming discussion, it's important to realize that any cleave that they're going to use, that the Chacham decided, that, that they ever de- use for Para Aduma, the Chacham decided that they would be metameit on purpose and be tovel it. Any cleave that they was counterintuitive, you would think for Para Aduma you would want perfect tahara. No, any cleave that they can use for Paraduma, they'd be metame at first, and then they'd be matvilit, and they'd use it for the Mysopara before the Har of Shemesh, before the nightfall, after the Tvila, that's when they'd use it for Paraduma. The reason they did that is to show the din is not like the Tzedukim. The Tzedukim used to say that anything that you use for Paraduma can only be done with Adam and Kalim that are completely tahar, which means Adam and Kalim that not only had gone to the mikvah, but already had Har of Shemesh. In order to show that the Stukim are wrong, we dafka use Kalim that were Tameh and did not yet have Harav Shemesh as a demonstration of the halacha that the Stukim that the Stukim are, are wrong. That the halacha is like the Chamim that a Tzul Yom is kosher from Isapara. We learn from Pasuk. Pasuk says twice Tahar, where it comes to be Marbe, even someone who's not who's not a Tar Gomer is only partially Tar like a Tzul Yom, where Verachatz Bimayim Vit Taher. Tzul Yom goes to the mikveh, a guy goes to the mikveh and he's Vit Taher. He's Tahar enough. 
He's kosher from Maisapara. That's why the uh, that, that that's that's why they would dafka go out of their way to use the tful yom. So says the Gemara, you need a tevila on this kli, but you don't need harav shemesh. Masnisim to look This seems to be against Reb Lazar. because the Mishnah tells us shvoferes shechatacha, a tube that you cut that you cut from a reed in order to use it lechatas for to, to put the afer para in. Reb Lazar says you should tovel it right away, and you don't have to be metamiyet again in order to show against the tzedukim. You don't have to be metamiyet before you're tovel it to show that the tzedukim are wrong. Just tovel it. Rabbi Shua, no, if you want to show that the tzedukim are wrong, it's not enough to just tovel it and then use it before the Arab Shemesh. You have to make it tamay and then tovel it and use it before the Arab Shemesh. And the, 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 the Gemara discusses this Mishnah. Who's the one that cut the reed? If a chavar was one that cut it, why, why would Rabbi Lezer ever require tvila on such a thing? It never became tamay. According to Rabbi Lezer, you're not metamayid. A chavar cut it, so there was never any, any tvila. And therefore, the tvila is not a hacker for tzedukim at all, because it never became tamay in the first place. The Ella, you have to say, that an Aretz is the one that cut it. Well, Bahal, Rabbi Yeshua, Yitame v'yitbal, Hatame v'kai. Why would Rabbi Yeshua then say that you have to be metamayid if an Aretz uh, cut it? It's already tamay. You shouldn't have to be metamayid. It should already be assumed to be tamay. So the Gemara says that the, the, they were miyashiv. This Mishnah is as follows. To explain this Mishnah, the Yolam de Really, a chaver cut it. And uh, the reason it's Tamei is when we shouldn't see Nora Damaretz Tanafal. Because of the concern of saliva of an Amaretz that maybe hit this, uh, this, this, this tube. Amos, well, when exactly are we concerned that the saliva of an Amaretz got on it? If it was before it was cut, Halav Manahu wasn't yet a cleave before it was cut, so the saliva of an Amaretz has no effect on it. So what, you want to say that it happened after it was cut? But presumably, once it was cut by a Chaver, the Chaver is going to protect it from any sort of, uh, of Tuma. The Olam, the Gemara answers, the Chashash is that the Amaretz of saliva came on it, before it was, uh, before it was cut. But we have the same concern that maybe at the time that, uh, that the Chaver cut it, the, the saliva of the Amaretz was still moist, and therefore, as soon as it became a Kli, the saliva was Metamayit, and that's why uh, Rabbi Elazar says, you don't need to be Metamayit again, because there's enough of a concern of Tumah that's there already, all you need to do is tovel it, and don't wait for Arav Shemesh, use it right away. So the Gemara now concludes its, uh, its question. Our Mishnah said that Kelim are Nigmar Batara, all you need is Tevila, you don't need Arav Shemesh, Bishlam of the Rabbi Shua. I understand very well, according to Rabbi Shua, that you need to be Metame that which you want to use for uh, for Efer Paraduma. That's a proper hacker for the Tzdukin by using such a Kli that you were Metame and then Tovel and you not and did not wait for Harav Shemesh. So you see that that's a hacker for the Tzdukin. Just like we were Metame the Kohen who would burn the, the, the Paro, which Rashi understands means we would have him touch a Sheret and we did all that to let the Tzdukin know that they're wrong because the Tzdukin thought that you can only have people involved in Efer Parah if they had Arav Shemesh. So we'd be Metami the Kohen, put him in a mikvah, and Dafka not have Arav Shemesh. El Rabbi Lazar, according to Rabbi Lazar, who said that they were not Metami the Kli with any other form of Tumah, they would just be Tovalit, Iyam Rapishlama bi Alma bi Inon Arav Shemesh. So I understand Rabbi Lazar Shita very well if you assume that all other Kalim that are Nigmar Batara require Arav Shemesh. So then you're going to say, but by the Kli that we're going to use for the Efer Parah, look to Tzadukim, we're not going to require Arav Shemesh. That's a hacker. Hainudika Akira, let's 
stukin. That would be a hacker for the stukin. But if you say in general, by all kalim, lobin and har of shemesh, like our Mishnah seems like it's saying, that by any kalim that's nigmar batara, you don't require har of shemesh. Well, then wait a second. What are we doing special by the Efer Para that's going to be a hacker for the stukin? You never need har of shemesh for a kli that was nigmar bitahara. So what's Rabbi Eliezer saying? That if you take a, if a chaver cuts a tube from a, from a reed, that, that you're, not, you're going to have to tovel it, but you're not going to need Arab Shemesh, and that's going to show the Tzdukim. What do you mean? Every other Kli in all, in all areas of Allah, forget about Paradum, in all areas of Kodesh, in all areas of Tumantara, all you need to do is, uh, is tovel it, and you don't need to wait for Arab Shemesh. How is this a Heker at all? Answers the Gemara, Amarav, really, we could say the Mishnah is going like Rabbi Lazar. And even according to Rabbi Lazar, uh, all other Kalim that are Nigmar Batara do not require Arab Shemesh, but by Paradum, it's still a hacker to wait to not wait for Arav Shemesh because we treat the Shvaferis, this tube that was made for the Paraduma, as if it's something that touched a Sheretz, which means a Sheretz is an Avatuma. We treat the tube like it's a Rishonatuma, and therefore it has the ability to be Metame other things. So normal Kalim that are Nigmar Batara are not, are not Metame other things because of the Tsinoridama Aretz is a very far fetched Chashash. So we were only Machmir that the Kli itself should be considered Tame until you're Tovalit. But the the, uh, the 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 tube that we're going to use for the afer para that we are goes at a higher level tuma on it and therefore it's different than all other normal kalim it has the ability to be mitami other things so then it's still quite a kula that you're not going to require harav shamish that all that we're going to require is tevila elameata says the gemara yeah but if that's the case that it's we treat it like something that became tame from a sharetz then lo tzitame adam then it shouldn't uh, be mitame people Allah matanya chodcho madvila ton tevila why do we say that the guy who cut it and the guy who was who toveled it the first time needs his own tefillah because he became tamei from it? If it's uh, if it's only like a rishon, a rishon cannot be matamei a person. Ella Saradigmar says no, no, we got it wrong. Asua kitmei mace. We treat it like a tamei mace. Iach and like a kli that became tamei from a mace. So that, that such a kli has the ability to be matamei even a person. Iach gemara. If you make it uh, like a tamei mace, like something that became tamei from a dead body and is therefore itself an avatum and therefore has the ability to be mitame a person anything that became tummy from a dead body requires hazash lishi yushvi requires sprinkling of the ashes of the paraduma on day three and seven of its tower process why do we say by the paraduma by the, this tube for the paraduma that you only need to, to that the person who cut it and the person who toveled it only requires tvila it doesn't require hazash lishi yushvi so rather the Gemara says, and this we, we stick with, Ela Asua, the chumrah that we treat it with, that we treat the, the shvoferes that, uh, that is used for the Efer Paraduma, is the level of tuma of, a, uh, of something that became tummy from a dead body that's already on its seventh day of Tara. When it's already on its seventh day of Tara, we treat it as if it already had its hazash lishishvi. All it's going to need, therefore, is a tvila. So the person who was chotech, the person who cut this this reed, and the person who toveled this reed, yes, he became tamei from it, uh, but it's only going to require tvila. Is not going to require anything more than uh, than tvila. There was a very interesting set of uh, literature on which halachos we or what what minhagim we have. Lahotzi miliban shaltzdukim. Para is the most the most uh, the, the 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 most notable one because that's already in the Mishnayos. Lahotzi miliban shaltzdukim. But there are many other uh, halachos. Balamard 
discusses eating hot food on Shabbos. Is the whole thing of the Mishnah said you're not allowed to have hot food, and that's why we have chalent every Shabbos. So from uh, religious Jews should have hot food on Shabbos, shouldn't only have cold food on Shabbos. The uh, the, the some of the Achronim write that the minute to say Bama Madlikin is the whole thing of the Mishnah said you're not allowed to have any fires going in your house on Shabbos. So we have to make a public spectacle of saying Bama Madlikin in Shul on Friday night to say there's a discussion Bama Madlikin, but there's no di- discussion Im Madlikin. Certainly we are Madlik. And that's also the whole thing of the Mishnah. An important concept in Allah. Okay, but let's show them the look up from there tomorrow.